Hi, I'm Keaton Wade for your Summit Spartans, and you're listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. to you wherever you may be this is the 615 preps podcast for the quarterfinals of the TWSAA playoffs alongside scott burton and christian Capozzi, i'm chris brooks gentlemen what's up welcome we're back we're back and warm and warm for the moment yeah absolutely the weather's not cooperating this week apparently i don't know uh, hopefully hopefully it's a lie Maybe, maybe. Maybe it's a, it's a rumor. Just a ruse, just kind of get our dander up or whatever, I mean. Well, they got to they gotta sell ad time on those weather channels somehow. I suppose, I, I suppose. I mean, we, we've dealt enough with cold in the playoffs. Now the rain's going to try to sneak back in on us. So. Those turf fields are going to come in handy this they week. They are, they are. Those schools Somebody bring fields. me the head of Jim Cantori. Uh, <laughs> on a stick. <laughs> but okay maybe not okay but anyway moving on the quarterfinals are upon us we're whittling down the field we're getting closer to cookville some surprises last week in the second round uh we'll discuss those we'll talk with DeKalb county analyst luke willoughby from wjle the tigers are one of those surprises they're going to nolensville in the quarterfinals of four this week we'll speak to him in the second segment and then we'll pick our winners for this week and who you got first up a couple of games from last week to talk about our game of the week with Summit at Page. Summit gets away with a 28-3 victory in a game where the defense might have been even more impressive than the offense. Uh, Summit's been rolling as of late. They go to Gallatin and knock off the green wave. They come back in a revenge game at Page and literally score the final 28 points of the contest. And you know, Destin Wade did the damage last week. It was Keaton Wade this time for his turn to really be the star of the show. 165 yards, three touchdowns on 19 carries, and a, a pretty key role defensively, too. We'll just get right in it. We'll talk to Keaton Wade after that win, and here's what he had to say about it. Got Keaton Wade from Summit. Spartans a 28-3 winner at Page. Keaton, I guess you had this in mind kind of when you saw you were going to play Page again, right? Yes, sir. I was, I was hungry for the revenge. Call it the revenge tour. <laughs> you know, uh, if Page comes out, has a long drive to start the game. Defensively, what are you guys kind of thinking on that little ball? Uh, we're just trying to think uh, one stop at a time. So they, they only got a field goal, so that was good. And then we just need to get our offense on the field and uh, exploit things. Yeah. Exploit running game finally got going for you guys yeah, and you had a couple big runs there yeah. in the first half yes, uh tell me about the offensive line man how, how are they good uh, i give all my thanks to offense my the offensive line they created big holes so we could run through them and i had a good rushing day yes, yeah you're back to the backfield with your brother you guys are kind of doing damage now yes, sir. get to go on to the quarterfinals of so what's this mean for you guys now at, at your sophomores uh it just means we have a bright future ahead of us and uh, i'm excited for how how far we can go down the road to the playoffs and uh just excited for this team. Uh, defensively, too. I mean, Paige had scored some points in the last couple of weeks, and you guys slowed them down. How'd y'all do that? Uh, we just, uh, defense coaches said, fit, do our assignment, alignment, and fit our gaps, and that's what we did. Just an overall great team win for Summit. And now they get to go to Shelbyville for the quarterfinals and a big step for that program. They're riding high right now, for sure, especially going to Gallatin. All the news concerned about that one with the – with the traffic and this one, there's you know there's nothing to point to for the for the home team to complain about. I, it's just a team with a lot of momentum, and the Wade brothers are just they're flat out dangerous right now. Yeah, they they, you know, getting Destin Wade back it that that really helped. It ba- basically makes you choose how you want to defend. But I, speaking of defense, I do want to mention one thing. Uh, to me, the story here was Paige's inability to score. Uh, they got they started out got that. You know, field goals start out, and then after that, it was it. I mean, you know, Summit held them to under 200 yards of total offense. Yeah, it was under close to 160 yards that Page was able to get, and a lot of that came on the first drive where they ate up more than six minutes of clock and got the field goal and barely even got to midfield the rest of the night. Well, Chris, when you and I were there a couple weeks ago, that's the exact same thing they did against Centennial. Right. They went down the field on their first drive. They got a touchdown that time. And I, we said this last week, previewing it. It was all about Cade Walker mm-hmm. and Bubba Johnson. Yep. Those two were that offense. And they really sprinkle in the passing game much. 
but it's not that big of a not that big of a, a playmaker uh, for for Page. And on the first drive, it was a lot of Bubba Johnson, pretty exclusively on that series. And after that, not a lot heard from him the rest of the night. Really, what Summit did was basically keep Kate Walker in the pocket. He was not able to get out outside the pocket and make plays downfield because they contained him so well on the edges that uh, Page quarterback just didn't have time. That was the key. That guy is dangerous when he can get out of the pocket, go downfield. And these game plans, we even touched on this last week, it was kind of similar from week one to week two of the playoffs. They went to Gallatin, and they had to shut down Spencer Briggs, and they did. They go to Page, they had to shut down Bubba Johnson, and they did. The Summit Spartans right now, you just – you know, they're riding a high that I think once they got the Wade brothers back to where they were early in the year. Because mm-hmm. remember, this is the Page game where he got knocked out. Right. And it took them some time to get healthy, and they've gotten healthy at an extremely important time. Yeah, it's a great time for Summit right now. If you're a Spartans fan, it's a fun time to be because they're rolling right now, and they've rolled into the quarterfinals. So we'll see what they've got this week at Shelbyville to possibly be practicing on Thanksgiving and, and going east. Another one that we were talking about, uh, Ravenwood or yeah, Ravenwood at Cane Ridge. Another rematch of a game just a couple of weeks earlier than that, but it was all Ravenwood. Oh, definitely all Ravenwood. And and much like the Summit game, this was about Ravenwood's defense. This is the second shutout they've had in a row. Uh, they've come into the, they came into this game. Uh, you know, weeks ago we talked about Ravenwood and we talked about a team that hadn't played their best ball yet. I think that Ravenwood is approaching that. They, they really uh, came out strong. Uh, Brian Garcia was really his half. Uh, you know, he, he put up some points. Uh, put the ball where it needed to be. Now, he, you know, they weren't long, you know, they weren't long passes, but they were hitting players in stride, hitting his receivers in stride and letting them make yards after the catch. The first touchdown was a scrambly, bought some time, hit the tight end in the back of the end zone. They really – Truthfully, Cane Ridge really didn't have an answer at all for that. And then second half, it was Reggie Grimes. They just uh, – well, it started out Tony Rice. That's that's going to be a problem when we get to that a little bit later. Uh, Rice actually got injured in that game. I don't know the extent of his injury. But they ended up with Reggie Grimes, scored two touchdowns in the second half to give them the 35 to nothing margin. Really, it was all – it was all – Raptors. They held Cane uh, Ridge to 137 total yards. Kept Clemens in the pocket. Uh, he made some throws, but they did. It was more bend don't break, and really did a good job of of holding uh, that passing attack down. And it really, really was a good game for them. Yeah, I was stunned when I saw that outcome. I uh, I thought Cane Ridge would at least hang in there. I know I picked him to win it. Yeah. I uh, I that's. It says a lot about that Ravenwood defense, especially. Yeah, they've come to life in the postseason, and now the reward for them is a trip to Brentwood for a rematch of the Battle of the Woods. But uh, before we get to that, I know Andrew Mason, Scott, you talked to him after the game. Uh, I guess you know, for him and that offense, it's a big step in the right direction, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is, and uh, I'll let uh, Andrew speak for himself. I'm here with Andrew Mason after uh, Ravenwood's big win over Cane Ridge. How are you feeling right now? Oh, I feel really good. You know, just to get another shot at Brentwood and we're advancing to the quarterfinals just like last year. You know, it feels really good. Two back-to-back shutouts to start the playoffs, so I think we're playing pretty well. Yeah, last time you played was just a few weeks ago. Of course, it was a nasty, nasty day or a nasty, nasty night. Uh, what were you guys thoughts coming into this game did you know that you could score on this team we just came in with the mentality that no one's gonna stop this train and we all had the feeling that our season shouldn't end tonight and we all knew that so we just believed that and came out on top now you you had the catch to put you up three scores uh, in the first half walk me through that play that slant play that you took to the house uh, he just singled me up man coverage by myself on the left so i just made that move, and I kind of knew the ball was coming to me because pre-snap, I just look at Brian, I can tell. Now you guys got Brentwood, and it was a close game last game. It, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, you know, uh, you guys didn't get beat, you know, really badly at all. What you guys got to do differently this game to beat Brentwood? Well, definitely just more folks in practice, and I'm pretty sure, just because we don't want to feel the way we felt last, last time we lost to them. 
So we'll be really focused in practice and really focused when it comes game time. Outstanding. Well, it's very cold out here. <laughs> um, you guys going on to Brentwood. Good luck Thank on you. the rest of the season. So you can hear that, yeah, they are very excited about uh, the prospect of being able to take on Brentwood again. Yeah, that was a Brentwood team I just saw last week, and I think this is going to turn out to be a defense battle. Uh, this is for uh, an entire region that was kind of really – the whole promotion all year was offense and 60-point games. I mean, this will be – I think this will be a 14-13 kind of game, especially with that Brentwood defense against Independence last week. They had – there's no room for Ethan Cash to do anything. It, it's going to be really telling. Um, they – Raven really – I don't know what it's going to be like if they don't get Rice back, if he's out for this game because he gives them another dimension in the backfield. Um, whereas, you know, uh, Grimes is a good back. He's a solid back, but he's not he, – he doesn't run the cutback plays the same way. He He's a power runner. Um, I, I think that that's going to be a big – big factor if he's out yeah I think Rice's availability is a huge story about this matchup because from what I could see on the sidelines last week for Brentwood is that their strength is in the secondary and I, I think there's some room to run and cash in the second half found some found some room to run that's going to be a big thing to, to find and figure out throughout the week about Ravenwood because if he's not available that's a that's a huge blow for that offense if not if if he's not available then I think the onus falls to Jake Brenningstool, uh, the big tight end. I think you're going to see a lot of play to him. Um, you're going to see probably a, a few screens to Grimes to get him out in space. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, Brentwood's got their own offense there. You know, Granzo's uh, Granzo's is you know really good quarterback, and and they'll find a way to make some moves on that uh, Raptor defense. Well, we've we talked about both of those games, a little bit of surprise at the margin of victory. But what were a couple of surprises from the other results that stood out to you guys? I think Beach for sure. Uh, I thought oh. I thought they would use the the six three game against Columbia as somewhat of a wake up call. I think that game actually pointed out some flaws for the Buccaneers. Did it really? Can, did it really to you, or does it maybe that Shelbyville might be better than we think? Well, see that—that's where—and and I know we're going to get in some other things with that. So, but that's what gave me when I when we picked made our picks last week. Shelby, that I thought that they were better than advertised, yep. and I thought that Beach was Beach had not played well, and that Shelbyville was peaking at the right time. And when you get one stuck in with just a few seconds left to end your season, that's a gut punch to to end it all. And uh, Beach has gone earlier than a lot would have expected. Uh, what's another one? I'd Christian. say Lipscomb Academy yeah. too, going yes. yeah. and playing yeah. at Knoxville Grace. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that was yeah. one of the ones I had circled for certain. Yeah, and we'll mention a couple of those kids that, that had standout games in a bit too. Did you see the video from Dilfer? He had a uh, Frank Caliendo. No, I did not. Uh, yes, not. had Frank Caliendo call in as John Gruden. <laughs> and had some oh, of the players' man. names before the game talking about it. I mean, what kind of advantage is that? Like, yeah. that? You, yeah. you've got somebody calling in, and uh, Engel, you know, I, I don't know some of these other guys. Yeah, I, I just can't help but think that you're going to get some of these other guys, you know, calling in. You know, is Jeff Fisher going to show up on? You know, for uh, Alan Lowry's you know, team. Might. You know, is uh, is uh, Brett Favre going to make an appearance at CPA? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, one can only one can only guess at that. Uh, DeKalb County. Yeah. DeKalb County. Yeah. Uh, beating Marshall County. That, to me, was a, a big game. And, yeah, they they played some really good opponents, but I didn't think that in that there was any way that Marshall County was going to fall to them, not after the way they beat Nolansville. But another one that stood out, Mount Juliet basically hung in toe-to-toe -to -toe with yeah. Oakland for a long time and was leading in the third quarter, the first time Oakland had trailed all year long in the second half. Yeah, when uh, there was definite chatter on the sideline where I was uh, when that score came across the first time where it was uh, – where, uh, you know, Oakland was down in the third quarter. All of a sudden, people were on their phones. Yeah. Uh, that was a shock to, I think, everybody. Trey Perry, man. I, Trey Perry is yeah. one of the best in this area. I, I truly believe it. And especially with that team this year, they've been talented for so many years. And they were just – they were young this year. I mean, they had a freshman at quarterback. Mm -hmm. And to go there and, and 
do what they did against Oakland for I think like two and a half quarters. That's uh, that's uh, that might open up some things for teams to see in weeks to come for whatever the Golden Bears did at Oakland. We'll see if Blackman can do it this week. Yeah. Well, uh, well I mean, if anybody if if anybody has a roadmap, yeah, you know, yeah. it was they're the, they're the Mount ones. Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. If, and Blackman's got a big time revenge. They were. Uh, Pretty much run ruled last yeah. time they got there. <laughs> yes, they were. Well, we've heard about some of the surprises. Let's talk about some of the players that are in contention for player of the week. Scott, who you got? Oh, start with uh, one of the stars of the game I was at, Brian Garcia at Ravenwood. He was 12 of 20, passing for 285 yards with three touchdowns and a 35 to nothing win at Cane Ridge. I'm going to bring up two right here for Springfield. Kevontes Hudson. 18 carries, 109 yards, and three touchdowns. Five of nine passing for 103 yards and another score. Yellow Jackets 31-7 went over Lexington. Cavante White also 16 carries for 168 yards in that game. I'm going to go with Kyle McNamara from Lipscomb Academy. McNamara had seven catches for 189 yards and two touchdowns and their 45-21 win at Knoxville Grace. I'm going to throw out Nashville, Nashville Christians, Dakota Owens, 25 carries, 171 yards, three touchdowns. Eagles a 38-6 winner over Fayette Academy. How about Bryce Rawls, Davidson Academy? Rawls was 12-20 passing for 191 yards and four touchdowns, and they're 41-20 win over DCA. I believe you got one more for Davidson Academy. I do. Jaden Rice, Davidson Academy. He caught seven passes for 144 yards and two scores. Justin Seagraves, Friendship Christian, 15 carries, 149 yards, two touchdowns, three of three passing for 110 yards and two more scores. Friendship a 45-19 winner over Columbia Academy. And let's round it out with Keaton Wade at Summit. He had 19 carries for 165 yards and three touchdowns, and they're 28-3 win at Page. Guys, we're going to do a little different this week. We'll throw out our votes, and then we'll see what we come up with. Scott? I vote, Scott, I vote Seagraves. You got Seagraves? Scott? Actually, I had Seagraves. Well, I'm I'm voting Kyle McNamara, but Seagraves gets two to one nod, so it's going to be Justin Seagraves and Friendship Christian as our Player of the Week, and a big one for Friendship Christian to advance to the semifinals in Division Two Single A. So, congratulations to Justin Seagraves, and on that, we're going to end the first segment of the show. Luke Willoughby from WJLE joins us next. You are listening to the Six One Five Preps Podcast. We're back after this. Hey, just a reminder that Mid-State Preps Plus is looking for you. We currently have openings for sponsors on both the Mid-State Preps Plus website and the 615 Preps podcast. Contact us at midstatepreps at gmail.com for more details. Welcome back to the 615 Preps podcast. On the line with us is Luke Willoughby, the color voice of the DeKalb County Tigers for WJLE over in Smithville. Luke, how you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, DeKalb County, you know, what a run they've had so far in the playoffs. Tell me about what this team's been able to accomplish through two rounds. I mean, they've stunned some people. Well, I tell you what, uh, the next thing I want to do is take Steve Trapp and get some lottery numbers because he's dialing everything incorrect right now. Um, you know, Chris, it's kind of something that it's just really we've caught lightning in the bottle twice now. Um both times in the first two rounds of the playoffs, I think if Vegas were to score it, you would have said that DeKalb County is an underdog. But it's been really good defense, especially on third down for DeKalb County. Their defense has held their opponents in both games under 30% conversion rates. And then also the play of Axel Aldino, the quarterback, um, you know, he looks like a totally different guy at the start of the year. He, his first game, uh, responsible for seven turnovers and in the last two games. He looks like uh, Peyton Manning out there. Um, just really has gotten a good rhythm. I, w- I want to go back to a couple of games toward the end of the regular season. You've got Macon County in there, a huge region game for seeding. The Caps trailing, and then all of a sudden they come back and get the big win and all but lock up the number two seed, and it kind of changed their fortunes, didn't it? I think that's exactly when the season turned into something, what we're seeing right now, Chris. Um, that Macon County game had so much on the line for both teams. You know, DeKalb County really had struggled um, in the last two seasons, and that game right there, that's when Axel Aldino started to really find his offensive grooves, as well as the offensive line behind uh, Brian Portillo and Diego Coronado. 
they did such a great job of blocking for not only the quarterback, who we do a lot of direct runs for, but also the running back, Nathaniel Crook. That sort of started a run of him, uh, our freshman running back, where he's just come on and, and played really well. I think he had over 150 yards that game. And then the next week against Cumberland County, uh, he had over 250 yards rushing. So that moment when they when they came from behind against Macon County really sparked this team uh, to where really we've seen them play at a level that hasn't been hasn't happened in school history. Well, the first two rounds of the playoffs, you won a shootout against Tullahoma, and then you go to Marshall County and knock off those Tigers. Yeah, just a huge win there. What's been the difference the last two weeks defensively to kind of you know get this thing tightened up a bit? Well, defensively, the Cal County runs. Uh, you know, everyone just has three down linemen these days, seems like. But there are five linebackers that really come at you. And uh, our defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Thomas Cagle, if there's a way to get him nominated for defensive coordinator year somewhere, I would love to do it because he really has a scheme that is all unique to itself. Where essentially you can be out of position and you're there to make a tackle. The other thing that what people don't realize is we have a, a linebacker that hasn't played all season. He's a senior. His name is David Bradford. He broke his ankle in the Jamboree game. He was going to be our dog all year long on both offense and defense. And he's just now started to play on the defensive side of the ball full time. And you're really seeing that quite a bit from his linebacker spot. Now, you guys advanced to the quarterfinals, uh, it's his historic run, basically, because DeKalb County's not been this far. That, that's correct. I talked to the Nolensville Athletic Director today, and he says, well, you know, we've never really been here. And I said, well, it's taken us 57 years. It only took you three. Uh, it's uh, really exciting for the, for the community. You know, um, small town life has some interesting things to it, but when a community gets behind a – their small town football team. It's really something special when you see restaurants you know, uh, rename menu items for, for teams, uh, for players on the team. It's really something really, really cool. Well, both teams at the same point, like you mentioned, in the first time in the quarterfinals. But for DeKalb County, now the challenge is to slow down Ryder Gallardi, Tim Kutras, and the Knights, who have been on a roll offensively the last few weeks. Oh, they definitely uh, are moving pretty well. Uh, DeKalb County has a tall task. It's going to depend on linebacker play uh, 100%, uh, not letting them get past the second level. Um, DeKalb County, though, has a really great defensive tackle, however, who really leads the penetration for the defensive line. His name's Isaac Wills. He's committed to go to Tennessee Tech um, and, and does a really nice job there, as well as uh, Evan Jones. Uh, we call them too tall uh, in the radio booth, so it's hard to get these guys' real names out sometimes. There's um, a really nice job from, from his defensive line spot. But I think if DeKalb County can handle with the linebacker play, not let uh, Nolensville really get in a rhythm, they got a really good chance to upset the Williamson County bunch. What do you think it would mean for this team to be practicing on Thanksgiving morning going the, knowing that they're going east for a semifinal? I think it's surreal. I mean, you look at these kids. Uh, I was talking to a few people uh, today, and they said, how did DeKalb County get so good? I said, well, these kids who have been blown out the last two years, now they're starting to see all the experience. I think it'll be a definition of, of buying in and hard work paying off for this team. Um, but as you all know, to get this far in the postseason, you have to have some luck go your way. Um, some breaks go your way, some calls go. We go back to that Macon County game. A few calls go a little differently when the score's different. I mean, Macon County could be in, in this position. Um, I think it'd be huge for this team, but also just a statement uh, that this coaching staff took a lot of criticism in the last two years and that what they're doing does work. And uh, it'll be so monumental for these kids to get a validation of this adversity that we went through. Uh, he paid off for us. Who who else for who else offensively do you think they're gonna to have to look to against Nolansville? Well, I think it's Desmond Notes. He's kinda of had the hot hand besides Axel Aldino. He has four touchdowns um for for this team. Um also I would say a running back Nathaniel Crook didn't have that great a game against Marshall County. Uh did rush for over hundred yards against Tullahoma. Um has also uh has been key. But Desmond is who I would definitely put my money on. No one has really been able to, to really find a way to cover him. Uh, he won number 15 when we played Macon County. Um, 
But what makes Dez a little bit special, I think, is just his field awareness. Um, he's really good when they go when they drop back in zone coverage. He's able to adapt off his route and find uh, a pocket to be in. He's also really good vertically down the field. Uh, a lot of people have a hard time covering him one on one, and he is aware enough to when a quarterback is in trouble to come back towards the football, which sounds a lot easier for a bunch of us overweight guys to talk about. Um, <laughs> but in a high school football game, when everything's going on. A lot of kids don't do that, and he has a way to come back and do that. That is our quarterback's favorite target so far. Well, Luke, uh, you look at the uh, at the games that uh, the Cab County lost. Uh, Warren County six A, uh, you know, Upperman team that was nine and one on the season. You know, eight and two Watertown. You had undefeated Livingston. Do you think that having that schedule set them up for the the run that they're on right now? scheduling so much as it is the this team was so resilient scott um that making county game and really the game before that smith county was the exact same thing in the making county game the cab county was behind i think when you have two games when back to back when you're behind and you're able to fight through um and and still be able to achieve a victory the way they did dominating in the second half is really what has set them up for this run. The other thing that I would say which has set them up for this run is they're not playing teams they're familiar with. There's no mental uh, of, well, you know, we don't stand a chance against them. I think if DeKalb County was playing Livingston, um, I would think Livingston would definitely have that mental advantage. Um, when you go play Tullahoma and Marshall County, uh, we don't play them much. And so mentally, we're, we're more prepared. Um, you know, we've lost the Upperman so much over the last few years. Livingston, and they've kind of had our number. Um, but to be able to, I think really what has this team in the playoff hunt right now is the Smith County making County game really got them on this track to, to really be able to fight down the stretch. That's some great stuff, Luke. Uh, what are you looking to most for Friday night? Oh, this atmosphere. The, the Camp County is going into uh, – guys, I'm jacked. Uh, they're having their Williamson County game day show. Uh, of course, everyone's talked about how great their student atmosphere is. And you, you all know this. You know, don't have, don't, don't uh, discount a, an upper Cumberland rowdy redneck bunch. I mean, we can, we can go a hoot and holler with the best of them. So I'm looking forward to the atmosphere in Williamson County. I think it's going to be such a – uh, great opportunity for these young men to, to play in front of but the atmosphere is definitely one of the most excited about. Sounds great, Luke. Uh, looking forward to it Friday night. Uh, good luck to y'all on Friday, and, and maybe we'll talk to you down the line. Thank you so much. And thank you all for doing this. Uh, what you all do for, for the, the folks of this region is great. I think all, always when you're covering young people, it's a great thing. I know not only do the players uh, appreciate it, but also the parents, grandparents, Sunday school teachers. Thank you all for doing what you do. Well, thank you for coming on with us, Luke. Hey, we're going to have to go out and hit some. Uh, I'm going to have to lose some golf balls to you. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. Y'all have a good one. You uh, too. Thanks, Luke. Luke yep. Willoughby from WJLE, the color voice of the DeKalb County Tigers, with us. Thank him for joining us this week. Tigers have a big one in Nolansville in the 4A quarterfinals. And that's going to do it for this segment. We will be back with who you got after this. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Back in a bit. I'm Andrew Mason for Ravenwood High School, and you're listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. Hi, I'm Andrew Mason for Ravenwood High School, and you're listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. Back here on the 615 Preps Podcast, it's that time of the week again where we try to tell you who we think is going to win and are usually proven wrong. That's who you got. How are we doing, Chris? I think I was pretty wrong last week. I know I was pretty wrong last week. <laughs> Actually, no. The numbers were pretty good. Scott, congratulations. Nine and one last week. Whoa. Nine and one, baby. Nine and one. The people were eight and two. I was seven and three. Christian was five and five. Yeah. So, for the season, as far as the picks we've done on this show, uh, Scott, you have officially tied me for second, hey, for second wow. place. Wow. For second place. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take we're it. We're now three games behind the people, so yeah. they're starting to exert starting to their – Well, we're running out of games. We are running out of games, so 
<laughs> not many left to do. But yeah, overall, the- as far as like when we put the playoff picks in, we did all of those. Mm-hmm. And you and I are tied for, for first, and, and Christian, you're a, a little behind. That's okay. <laughs> the whole thing of like, oh, just wait to the end. We got a lot of games left. We're all we're all we're running out of those. <laughs> My hope is slowly like we're, the we're, we're all we're all picking two out of th- every three right. So for the season, which well, I mean, it I mean, doesn't mean that you're picking wrong. Just you're picking less right. The man said two out of three ain't bad. That's right. He did. So yeah. So meatloaf. Not meatloaf. good enough. Not good enough in this group apparently. <laughs> I could do anything for love. But I won't do that. <laughs> I see what you did there. Right. What we're going to do now is pick some games. Let's start with Trousdale County at Watertown in a 2A rematch of Region 4. Yeah, these two, these two teams just tend to play each other twice a year. Uh, first time this year, not so great for Trousdale County. Five turnovers in the matchup and uh, didn't work out so well. I think it works out well this time. Mm-hmm. The whole thing of hard to beat a team the, twice. As long as Trousdale County you know, doesn't go in there and turns it over five times again, I like them on the road, and I like them to uh, move on in the playoffs. Yeah, death, taxes, and Trousdale at Watertown. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, this is a rematch of that week three game. That was an overtime victory for Watertown. Uh, since that game, Trousdale has averaged 41 points per game offensively and uh, giving up uh, less than six. And they've won nine straight, and they found an offensive force in Kobe Ford. Watertown, you know, they're on a roll, too. They're only blemished since the week two loss to Nolensville was that one-point loss to Upperman. This is tough. This is really tough. I want the Yellow Jackets. Death taxes and Trousdale County playing a Black Friday. Those are three things that have been pretty darn good, and and the Yellow Jackets have been in recent years. Watertown should have won this game in regulation in the regular season. They didn't. They did win it in overtime. But I think the Yellow Jackets are, are in a good place right now. And, and I'm taking Trousdale County to go practice on Thanksgiving and play on Black Friday. We talked nice. we talked about this game a little bit earlier. DeKalb County at Nolensville in 4A. Both these teams in the quarterfinals for the, for the first time ever. Guys, who keeps their season rolling? Well, you know, the Knights were rolling until they had the two-week uh, hiccup with Franklin and Marshall County. I think they've got their win back. They're playing good defense now, too. Their offense is – I don't think they found that, that gear back yet. Um, DeKalb is good on defense, too. Uh, you know, they – they and their offense averages like 12 points per game in the second quarter. So, they're a first-half team. They are a first-half team. So, they're going to have to get out in front, and they're going to have to get out early. I just don't see it. I just think there's just too much talent on the Nolansville side. Yeah, I agree. And uh... – we talked about DeKalb County earlier in this one and just kind of the, the things they've had, they've had to, to go through to get to this point. And it was a rough start for them this year. I think they were 1-3 and three to begin the season. And I just I like this Nolansville team, especially being at home and all the, the, the atmosphere that's going to go on. They're going to have that pregame show there. That place will be unbelievable. Yep. I like the Knights to, to move on and have a historic – Season continue. I, I picked against Nolan for last week. That was a mistake. And they showed me why it was a mistake. And they, they took care of a Mr. Football Mister Football semifinalist Easy in a big way. Say. Right. I know. <laughs> but no, they took care of business at Livingston very impressively. It's got to be Nolansville for me. We'll make it three for three there. Hardin County at Springfield. The Yellow Jackets have been quietly just kind of creeping up and creeping up there in the quarters for the fifth straight year. Arden County uh, lost their first game of the year, 45-31 to McNary Central, and they're perfect since. They're now 11-1. They have rolled to this point. They haven't played many close games. But Springfield at home, that's something that's a pretty nice recipe. They've won 17 of their last 18 home games, and I think they make it 18 of their last 19 with a win. Hardin County held Creekwood to 79 total yards and no yards passing. They have a good defense. Um, but Springfield, I think they're a little more battle-tested than Creekwood was, yeah. quite frankly. And I think the, the X factor is going to be Kevontae White here. Um, the, I think the Yellow Jackets can win if they get on the board first. I'm going to go with Springfield. It's, it's White and it's Kevontae Hudson, too. I think it's both of those they, that Hardin County's got to deal with. Uh, those two are playing really, really good football right now. 
I'll take Springfield at home as well, just because I believe in Dustin Wilson's troops at home getting it done in the playoffs like they have been the last few years. Class 5A, Summit at Shelbyville. We thought about the quarterfinals in this particular bracket. We did not see these two teams here, but here we are. Yeah, and, and yeah, Shelbyville's got a really good quarterback. At Wade Cunningham, he's a special kind of player. Uh, you know, he put up 112 passing yards on beach. He, you know, he had 65 yards rushing. He, I, I just, I, I just think Shelbyville has got. I, I think that they've got what it takes to to make a run. And I, I, although Summit really is playing well, I'm going to go with Shelbyville again this week, just because I'm I'm feeling like they, they really have got something going there. Yeah, the Golden Eagles. There's you look at the what they've done this year, and there's nothing really you could you can point towards to kind of go against them. Eleven and one, took care of a really good beach team in a close game. But Summit, the run that they're on right now, and the way that they've done it against two really good teams. Last time Shelbyville and Summit met up, forty-two twenty-five in favor of Shelbyville, but I think that was too close for for Wade to get healthy. They they had lost two of those two of the the three games they played. I think Summit continues this season. Just the way that they played, and I think those Spartans just have something to keep this thing going. Keaton Wade said this, I think, the best when I talked to him on Friday night at the Revenge Tour, and that's what this is about for Summit. Shelby will beat them at 17 points. They're back to try to prove something, that they were better than that team that played Shelby for the first time, and the Spartans defensively are rolling right now at the best possible time, giving Summit to go on to the semifinals. Blackman at Oakland. I used a wake-up call last week for Beach, and that obviously didn't work. I'm going to use it again this week for Oakland. I think just Mountain Juliet hanging around that close was a little bit too uncomfortable for the Patriots. A 10-point win, I mean, when's the last time we saw Oakland do that? Mm. I just, looking at the last time these two teams played, and it was a 40-0 to shutout, I think it's going to be closer, but not much closer. I think it's the Patriots all the way in this one. You know, it's been roughly six weeks since Oakland pummeled them, you know, 40 to nothing. But since then, if you look at their stats, Patriots have averaged 43.6 points per game and have only allowed 9.6. Blackman has fared about the same, averaging 38.2 and, and only giving up 8.4. So both have played very well offensively and defensively. Blackman's been more battle-tested, and they went into the game coming off a tough one-point win over Riverdale. That being said, I like Oakland. I like their versatility. They actually broke out a new offensive wrinkle last week to get them on the board, went going wildcat uh, with their wide receiver, Victor Stevenson. I think there's more here for Oakland to do, and I think last week was a wake-up call for the Patriots. Yeah, for having somebody keep – in the game with him in the second half was, I think, a good thing for Oakland. It kind of showed that they are not invincible and that they have to be able to rise up to meet any challenge. And, and the Patriots have done that all year long. And this is going to be another challenge for them. Yeah, the first game was, was lopsided. But Blackman's going to be out for revenge, and they probably will play a better, much better game than they did the first time around. Still, I think Oakland's better on both sides of the football, and I think overall the better team here. Give me the Patriots to go on to the semifinals. Let's stay in 6A. Ravenwood at Brentwood in another region rematch, the Battle of the Woods Part 2. Oh, boy. I tell you. I know it took a lot of work from a kicker. There we go. Thomas Day uh, to put the Bruins over the top uh, when they played Ravenwood the last time. You know, Ravenwood led that game until the very end of the third quarter. So they were in that game, you know, quite a bit. Um, they're hungry. Ravenwood is hungry, and, and they've been here before. I think they're playing their best defensively, and they're getting healthy on defense. They got their linebacker back last week. He got a pick. Um, Tony Rice is the question. He is the question mark. Right now, though, from what I saw, he was standing on that ankle. Uh, he was warming it up against a heater, but he was standing. And, you know, I, I'm going to say that it would be hard to keep him out of this game. I'm going to go with Ravenwood here. These two teams have played four previous times in the playoffs heading into this matchup. This will be the fifth. And only once has a team won both meetings in the season. That was Ravenwood in 2005. I think that changes this year. After watching Brentwood last week, I think their defense, and obviously you can look at Ravenwood too. They haven't given up a point in the playoffs yet. But just being at home, 
Ron Crawford and that crew, they just they find a way to get get it done. And I think they do it again. I just I the whole question of Rice and his availability scares me with Ravenwood, and that's why I've got to lean towards the Bruins. I think Ravenwood has waited all year for right now. This is what they're playing for. The regular season was kind of a warm-up to the main show, and this is it for them. They're showing why we thought of them as state contenders at the beginning of the year. Their defense is playing lights out right now. Brentwood's going to give them all they want, but I think the trend continues of the regular season loser going on deeper in the playoffs, and I think Ravenwood does advance here. Let's move to Division Two, Single A, Davidson Academy at Nashville Christian. It's a rematch of last year's championship game and a rematch of a game they played earlier this year. On that new carpet at Friendship Christian, a team that I didn't really – I kind of count them out last week against Columbia. I thought that team would go in there with a little bit of a little bit of uh, juice having a six-game win streak, but Coach McNeil and that Friendship Christian crew put that to sleep really quick. I just like – the commanders here at home, a rematch in a in a game that they lost last year. I just don't know how you can point away with them, especially with the way Steve Graves has been playing and the way they played last week. Yeah, I agree that I think C. Graves is uh, the the factor here. But what worries me really about Friendship Christian is the one dimensional aspect of their offense. They don't. I, I mean, I I do know I voted for C. Graves. I do know he went three for three passing. I know he's got some talent. That does worry me, though, as you get into these later games against teams that are better and better, they find ways to shut down your strengths. And that's that's what worries me. Um, you know, I like uh, Davidson Academy's uh, – I, I like Bryce Rawls. I, I like their offense. I like the, the you know, the ability to run pass. I'm going to go Davidson Academy in this game. Davidson Academy listeners, I want you to hear this. I had a little egg on my face last week because I typed the wrong names into our Who You Got section. Mm-hmm. That's not happening this week. I'm picking Davidson Academy. Mark that down, please. Yeah, they so, weren't happy. Yeah, they, they were not happy. With, they were not happy with me. But you know, no, hey, they they were happy for the locker room material. Hey, yes, they were. Yeah. First off, you're welcome. Second off, congratulations. <laughs> I'm picking you again this week. In fact, that's pretty much the text you put out or the tweet you put out, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was kind of surprised when I when I opened that one up. I was like, what? What do we do? Why? Where are you thanking us? Wait a minute. I didn't pick DC. <laughs> I don't remember when I typed that out. It must have been late or something. Well, and, I mean, look, everybody's everybody gets a mulligan, yeah, dude. I took know? more than one in my career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. But uh, yeah, Davidson Academy is the pick here. I do like what Friendship Christian has done this year, and being at home is going to make it a really tough game. But Davidson Academy, I think, is the team to get the Cookville and and take another shot of the gold ball in Division Two Double A. Lipscomb Academy at CPA. We've talked about these two teams all year and, and the route they've taken to get here. One of them is one step from Cookville. Yeah, you know, CPA, they ruined a pretty nice run back in September, uh, uh, September run on October 4th for Lipscomb. Um, Cade Law, you know, he rushed for 64 yards a score. Tyler Reed had a, a big night. But their defense was a star. They picked off Luther Richardson four times. I know I'm talking ancient history, and I know that Dilfer is going to make corrections. But I still believe in that CPA defense. I I just think that is a fundamentally sound, well-coached team. And I just think they're a little bit ahead of the curve, a little bit more than Lipscomb. If this game is next year, we could be talking a totally, completely different thing. I just think that CPA is a little bit better team. That being said, I've picked against Lipscomb a lot, and they're still kicking tail. So, you're welcome. Before I get to my pick, just hats off to Lipscomb. They were two and nine a year ago. Oh yeah, just yeah. for that overhaul yeah. and for them to be in a semifinal right now—that's huge. But CPA, they don't lose region games. <laughs> they just don't. No, they don't. Yeah. They don't. No, lose. they don't. They haven't lost a region game since 2016. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with that trend, and I'm gonna stick with the Lions. Well, but I hope. Look, I'm gonna say uh, I'm not gonna be mad if well, the Academy but, wins. But will Dilfer be invoking the curse of Chucky in this game? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, point. you make a good point about those region games, Christian. Technically, this is not a region game. It's a postseason game. And I think the way Lipscomb Academy has risen up in the postseason continues here. I'm going with the Mustangs Ooh. to Gallup to Cookville. Oh, 
good. I think that's the first time that you broke away from me. I know, right? Yeah. Somebody's breaking the tie this Some, week. It could happen. Well, we got two games left, though. Triple yeah, A, Ensworth and Macaulay. Ensworth, second trip to Macaulay, lost 33-29 earlier this year. Macaulay hasn't played a game away from home since October 4th. They have just been there and just let teams just come on in, and they don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> they are in a home mindset right now. I just think with how much Ensworth has had to kind of move around this last couple of weeks, they've been on the road, and Endsworth, they were just at Macaulay a couple of weeks ago. They were on the road last week. I think it's just too much for them, and especially let's not even bring up the, the field. Macaulay just playing good ball. I'm going to go the Blue Tornado in this one. Well, you know, these two, you know, they only played 17 days ago. And this was the win that vaulted the Tigers into the postseason yep. and sent Brentwood Academy home. Mm-hmm. You know, Macaulay features a, 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 a really good back, B.J. Harris. Uh, they run the option. Mm. And D'Angelo Harris, uh, I'm sorry, D'Angelo Hardy, the quarterback, he, he runs it well. They have a tremendous defense, and they've been able to – Last game, they really disrupted Gerard Bullock's passing game. I just think this is another one of those games where it's hard to win against a team that uh, you've seen before. Um, I'm I'm going to go McCauley here. Yeah, being at home for a long stretch of time, I mean, it, it's a good thing. And, and then again, you kind of wonder if maybe they're getting to a false sense of security. Uh, Ensworth's got to feel pretty good coming in there, knowing you've already beaten them once, and, and they've been able to go on the road and win these games in the postseason. With that said, I still think McCauley is going to get their revenge and pack your bags, blue tornado, your head to cookable. The other semifinal in, in D2 AAA, NBA at MUS. Does NBA's defense carry them to cookful, or does MUS stop the run? Well, this is the only blemish on MUS's record, was a loss to this NBA team. So you know they're not going to be happy about that, and they've been looking at this for a while. NBA's got a – their ability to score worries me, but their ability to stop scoring, uh, it really, really emboldens me. I, I mean, I really I really appreciate good defense, and I want to see a team like this, that it's a grinding team, do well. Um, Marcel Reed will have to get out. And make plays. He'll have to keep the ball away from the owls. They've got to contain Shy and Kendall. I just think it ends here for NBA. I'm going to go MUS here. See, I, I thought the exact same thing last week. I just didn't know if they could put up enough points. And you look at their past results. They've won their past two games, and they haven't put up more than 12 points. I mean, the defense just dominant. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not yeah. scoring more than seven points against these guys lately. But – I think this MUS team, look, this is a rematch of a 2013 semifinal. MUS won at 23-17. We already brought up this past year's matchup. MUS has won their last three home games where they've had an opportunity to get to the championship. I think they increased that streak to four. I just don't see NBA putting up enough points in this one. But – I said the same thing last week, so we'll see. Right. I mean, but that, <laughs> right. that's my biggest worry, too, is can NBA score – can get if they can get into the 20s, that's going to be a challenge for them. Oh, it, it, let me tell you, if NBA scores 20 points in this game, I think they win. I do, too. NBA scored 20 points or more four times this year. Yeah, and that it's it's been hard for them to come by, but uh, – But they get a defensive score or a punt return or something never, like that. You, you never know. It, you, you know, it can turn. That's how, that's how good their defense is. It reminds me – their record reminds me of the Baltimore Ravens back in the early 2000s. You know, Trent Dilfer gets brought up in the conversation <laughs> again. <laughs> well, I was going to bring up Ray Lewis, but yeah. Yeah, well, you but, know. I mean, I, they just, it's, it's that good of a defense. Yeah. I mean, they are winning games, basically, really just keeping the ball away from the other team and shutting them down when they, I, I mean, it's, it's puzzling to me that this team is as good as it is but only putting up the points that they are. It, it came kind of to a coin flip for me when I looked at this game, and I usually fall on the side of the team that loses the first game in the regular season, gets the rematch, and wins it. But I'm going the other way here. I'm going to go NBA. I think the defense at this time of year can carry you to a championship at this level. You know, If, if they can sustain that and maybe get a special teams or defensive score of their own, and I think they'll make it very hard on MUS to, to get it done. I'm going NBA to get to the championship game and win the semifinals. 
Hey, I, I see it. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it, it could happen. It could be seven to six. It could be yeah. three, three to six, two. Six to three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, they, they do have good kicker. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so it very well could be come down to special teams. And we didn't mention special teams at all last week. It was really shocking. Yeah, I know. A couple it was times amazing. Yeah, a little, well. little bit let down about that, but uh, we got to squeeze him in this time. Seven of the ten games on this list were rematches of this year. Yeah, I saw something a number like that. I think it's like twenty of the thirty overall in the state. Yeah, it just points to you know the, what programs rise to the top. Yep. Uh, you know who's got who's who's got good programs. What programs are growing? Uh, which ones just aren't there? And what regions are really strong? Exactly. Which makes you know, and you look at regions like uh, you know, the, or you look at counties like Williamson County, Rutherford County. You look at the Chattanooga area. You're, you're seeing the hotbeds of uh, football growing in certain areas. It, it lets you know kind of where growth is also in the state. Yeah. It's going to be a fun week. Hopefully, the weather cooperates. Uh, but this time next week, we'll be getting ready to eat turkey and. Watch more football for Division One semifinals, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you, you know, I, you, you said Black Friday, and I don't know that. Truthfully, I wouldn't rather be on a football field practicing <laughs> than deal with Black Friday traffic. It'd <laughs> um, be game day by then. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Some teams' turkey bowl will actually be a practice, which would be a really yeah. good thing at this point of the year. Yeah. So. Well, you know, you know, that's the thing. They, that's where you want to be at this yep. time of year. It's a sacrifice that you're willing to make because you've been making sacrifices all year to get there. Exactly. It's well said. I think 18 teams are left when we come back in the entire mm-hmm. state. Yeah. 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 It's, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, we're almost there. That's going to do it for us this week. For Christian Capozzi and Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. We will talk to you next week when Division One semifinals take center stage. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you. Nitty-gritty. Six One Five Preps Podcast is a production of B Square Media LLC.